Yo, welcome church. My name is Sam Cogger. I'm a youth assistant at Door of Hope and I am so excited to be bringing you the message. Woo! All right, we, I'm not exactly sure what week we're in, but we're in the final message of a series we've been calling People of the Fine Print. And this entire series has been about identifying small people in the Bible that don't get a lot of attention, don't get a letter at a time, but then nevertheless, that when we look into their stories and their character, we see that they're resembling God, they're resembling Christ, and they can teach us important lessons. I am so excited to be giving you the message, but before I jump into it, I want to take two seconds to acknowledge uh, our senior pastor, Steve Fitzalan. We are all here at Door of Hope so grateful for your leadership and for your vision as you've been carrying us through this season. So wherever you are right now, I'd love it if you could give us two big claps. Thank you, church. Pastor Steve, we are grateful for you. All right, we're about to get into it. And before we do, I want every single one of you at home to type, I'm ready, in the comments, because I'm so excited to be bringing the Word tonight. Type, I'm ready. Come on, let's jump up. Let's get excited, because the Word of God is alive. There are characters in it that can show us more of Him. So I want you to type it in. I'm ready. You know, when you type that, you're becoming a participator and not a spectator. We are not spectators here at Door of Hope. You know, spectators, they, they listen to the message. They listen to the worship. Then they go home and nothing changed because they were just watching. But you are a participator. At Door of Hope, we're participators. We take the message, we listen to it, and then we change it into our lives. We actually, we don't see the change. We become the change. And when we do that, we take what we hear. We put it into our lives, the Word of God. Not only do our lives change, but we're able to change other people through what we hear. So type, I'm ready, get your notes going, get the Bible ready, because this message is called, I'm intimidated, but I'm initiated. And tonight I'm going to be speaking on the character of Gideon. Woo! You know, intimidated, but initiated. I'm speaking on this because I believe that there, if we're being honest here, which is all I want to do tonight, there is so much that as individuals that we can be intimidated by. But as Christians, we sometimes fear that intimidation, so we hide it, we don't address it, and we actually find ourselves stuck in this intimidation. And and we sometimes forget that God is actually initiating us. So I'm going to preach on the character of Gideon because there is so much in his story that resembles what God is trying to tell us tonight. Now, Gideon is not exactly a a small person of the fine print because he's one of the more well-known judges. If you, if you haven't heard of Gideon, that is completely all right. But for those who have, um, and for those who haven't, Gideon is most well known for being called by God. Then he tests God's calling by putting out a fleece. And then he asks God, please make the fleece wet and the ground dry so I can know it's your voice. God does that. And then he does the exact same, except the opposite. He's asking for the fleece to be wet, but the ground to be dry. God also does that. Gideon is known for building up a massive army of Israel only for God to reduce it back down to 300 men just to show his faithfulness. And Gideon is also known finally for taking care of the Midianites, defeating the Midianites, an army um, that were attacking Israel during this particular time. So we're going to jump right in, in the Word, because I believe the Word of God is alive and active in today. This is everything that we base ourselves upon here at Door of Hope, the Word of God. It is the truth by which we live. So let's get excited to open the Word of God tonight, church. All right, we are going to be reading, and I'm so excited to be doing this, from Judges 6, verse 11 to 16. And we're going to read right now. 
So in Judges 6, verse 11 to 16, we see that the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joash the Abrazite, where his son Gideon was threshing the wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, then why has all of this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. There is so much that we can glean from this passage, but one of the most important things that stuck out to me is that Gideon in this is intimidated. You know, if we, if we briefly just thought about Gideon, we'd see him as a courageous hero and, you know, a fighter, someone who just took um, the word of God and, and, and actually defeated the Midianites. But here we actually see the opposite. And we know that because of where he was threshing the wheat. You know, in the, in the passage here, we've just read that he was threshing wheat in the wine press to avoid the Midianites. But historically, that's never where you were supposed to thresh the wheat. You know, historically... Um, towns would have this large, flat, open rock on the outside of their village, right next to the, to the fields where they would thresh uh, the wheat outside in the open. Gideon wasn't doing that because he's hiding from the Midianites. Gideon was hiding from the fight before it ever happened. Now, I've chosen this because there is so much that we can actually take from Gideon, because if I'm being honest, God didn't call Gideon because of who he was then, which is kind of a coward. God called Gideon because of who he saw he could become through his grace. See, Gideon, didn't, he didn't see himself as a warrior because he had bought into the lie that he was unimportant, that he was the least. He literally says to God, look, I am the least. My clan is the least of Israel, and I am the least of that clan. And yet God, who saw everything, regardless, he continued to pursue Gideon and to ask him to be a leader. And what I'm saying is that we've all had Gideon moments, if we're being honest with ourselves, We've all dreamed of these amazing things. We've all, we've all been guilty of wanting to be an influencer, wanting to have that perfect relationship. And then all of a sudden these things start falling around us and we're not really sure why. And then all of a sudden we've retreated back into this wine press. You know, an example of this is that early during COVID, I'm not sure if you guys remember COVID, it feels like years ago. Um, and I'm so excited for church to be back. But anyway, so early during COVID, uh, as we went into isolation on, as, as a state, as a nation, we were actually bombarded by all these different videos and all these different posts about self-improvement. Everyone was being like, yeah, sure, you're at home, but you know, here's the perfect diet that you can do. Here's an exercise that you can do. Like, you can walk your dog at home. All these different things about self-improvement, and it reflects our culture. Our culture is currently on a, self, um, on a binge of self-improvement. It's all about the idea that you, by your strength, by your grace, by your power, can improve your life and make, and make for you the perfect existence. And we've brought that into Western Christianity. We're guilty of it. And if, it's really hard to just say it out loud, but we, we actually start believing that you know, we're, we're allowed to uh, want these things and desire these things and have these things in our strength and our power. We... We're guilty of saying, you know, we use it, Philippians 4 verse 13. 
We use it out of context. We say, you know, I can do all things through the power of God, but then we kind of just start applying that to situations that benefit us. I can do all things, so therefore I deserve this. I can do all things, so I'm not going to be challenged. I'm going to live in the life that God's called me to, and I'll just turn up to church on a Sunday. And we we go to Christian conferences. We're so excited. We come back and we're like, I'm going to, hallelujah. I'm going to be the best Christian for God. I'm going to make such a difference. And then two weeks later, we've slipped back into old lifestyles. And what happens here is that we've fallen in love with what I call comfort Christianity. The idea that it's great for us, but I'm only going to work within my own limitations. And then when we hit a a roadblock or when your efforts fail or when you're reminded of some sin that you haven't repented of, you're like, okay, this is too hard. I cannot do this. So I'm going to hide from the fight. I'm going to stay in this wine press. I'm not going to do it outside. I'm just going to be comfortable in my own ability and I'll, I'll turn up to church on a Sunday. That's good enough. But it's not, because in Proverbs 26, verse 13, it says, A sluggard says there is a lion in the road, a fierce lion roaring, roaming sorry, in the streets. See, we've chosen to hide in this winepress of comfort because to step outside of that is to embrace the fact that we're not enough. To step outside of that wine press, that shelter, is to recognize that there's a lion out there that we can't conquer on our own. And it's a brutal truth, and so many of us choose to hide from it. Gideon hid from it. He acknowledged that he wasn't enough. He says to God repeatedly, I'm not the person you're looking for. Yet God still chose to pursue him. God, who sees every sin that you've ever done, every failure that you've ever done, every selfish desire that you've ever fought, he still chooses to pursue you because he doesn't see who you are now. He sees who you could become through his grace. There's hope for you right now. There's hope for all of us because even though we're in this wine press, there's, there's a calling of God that we can choose to have. But we hide ourselves in this bubble of comfort. You know, we, we, we try to protect ourselves from the world because the world is harsh. And there's weaknesses that we have to admit that we have if we step outside. So we're like, no, I'm just going to, I'm good at leading on a, on a youth on a Friday. I'm just going to stay doing that. <laughs> and it's difficult. But the truth of the matter is that if you don't step outside of the wine press, we're not going to make a difference. You know, if you think that surely this isn't all there is to Christianity, surely this isn't all it is, it's because you're hiding from something. You're not admitting that you're intimidated by something and therefore you're not being initiated to do something for God. So there's a mission for you right now, but you have to actually move for God to initiate you. See, I'm talking, I'm kind of touching on the calling of God right now, and I really want to be very careful with how I say because so, so many people, it, it can be so easy to misunderstand the calling of God. So yes, I believe that God is calling you right now, that he, he has a mission for you, He has a purpose for you, that He sees who you could become rather than where you're at now. That's why Jesus Christ came to save us. But I'm not going to stand here and preach that you could have the perfect life if you just get up and be like, I'm going to walk out of that wine press and, you know, I'm going to be all good. See, I'm not going to preach that tonight because that's not really true. You see, there's actually going to be something you're going to have to confront, and that's your intimidations. See, Gideon, he actually chose to step out of the wine press for God, and his life got harder. His life actually got more difficult than if he had just stayed in that wine press and chilled. See, what I'm saying is that there's a weakness that we all have that you have that you have to acknowledge, that you have to fight, but that involves you stepping out. So there's a difference between comfort Christianity 
and genuine Christianity. And I want to just touch on that really quickly. When you step out, you're choosing to embrace genuine Christianity. So comfort Christianity is when you stay in your own limitations. You stay in a spot where, you're, where it's all easy. And yeah, you're, you're still turning up to church on a Sunday. And yeah, it's great. But you're never actually being challenged to do something because to do so means that you have to recognize that you have to trust in God. Genuine Christianity is when he's going to lead you into something uncomfortable and you still say yes. All right? So if you're writing notes, I want you to write this. Embracing what intimidates you is, what you, is allowing for God to initiate you. I'm going to repeat that. Embracing what intimidates you allows for God to initiate you. In other words, admitting that you have a problem means admitting you need God. And it's so difficult for us to turn around and look at, that, look at our weakness in the eye and be like, yep, okay, I can't do that on my own strength, but we need to if that's, because that's what Christianity is. That's what Gideon chose to do. All right, we're going to go into point two right now. So if we go back to the story of Gideon, so so far we've seen that God's invited Gideon out of the wine press. He's invited Gideon on an, a journey of initiation, and now he's going to provide Gideon with an opportunity to step into a new character. So if we're going to read, we're reading from Judges 6, verse 25 to 27. And we read that that same night, the Lord said to him, take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old. Tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on top of this height, using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down. Come on. Offer the second bull as a burnt offering. So Gideon took 10 of his servants and did as the Lord told him. But because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night rather than the daytime. So we need to learn right now. There is an opportunity in these verses, and they're saying very clearly that God's actually asking you to take down what's small in your life before he's going to move you to something big. See, as Christians, we... we we, you know, we, we find a moment of, like, Holy Spirit, we find a moment of levity and we want to just achieve the massive things. We want to, you know, be an influencer for the people, a voice of the generation. We want to save, you know, Launceston. And I believe all that happens. But if we're looking at the story of Gideon, we see that he wasn't actually asked to take down the army first. He was asked to take down an idol. See, God was like, you're not ready for this yet. I'm asking you to, I'm testing your faith. I'm asking you to take down this idol. So we often want to immediately ascribe to the big things in our life. But if you look at the Bible, it's telling you to do the opposite. The, the journey of initiation is one that is a process. See, if we're looking at the Bible, we see that David, he took down lions. He took down bears before he even saw Goliath. So he had to take down the small before he took down the big. Joseph, he had to manage Potiphar's house before he could manage Egypt. And Gideon, he had to take down an idol before he took down the army. See, there is so much in your life that God is ready and he is waiting and he's excited for you to achieve and accomplish, but you need to take down some small sin that is in here, some small bit of jealousy or pride that God is slowly working away and he's asking you in this moment, please let me, invite me in, step out of the wine press, admit that you need me and I will help you. See, you know, we want to um, have a leadership position and be on a pedestal and be able to preach, you know, and do all this stuff. But if we're not going to submit to a leader, or if we're not going to submit to another leadership, then we need help. You know, we want to be uh, the most generous people out there, but, if, but God's actually asking us right now to be financially wise. We want to bring 
hundreds of, like, of people to Christ. We want to, you know, just preach the, the gospel and just be known as one of those enthusiastic preachers that, you know, is always on TikTok and Instagram and always very cool and getting invited by Justin Bieber to chill at his lake house. But if we're not going to talk about God to that one person in our workplace on a Monday, then how are we going to get to that next step? If we can't trust God that he is using you to speak to that one person that everyone else is avoiding, then how can you trust God to let you speak to hundreds of people? You know, I'm going to bring this example back into relationships. And, uh, you know, in particular, young adults, if I could just speak to you. Uh, you guys are awesome, by the way. We all want the perfect relationship. We love that idea that, you know, like, oh, sure, everyone else is struggling, but I am in Christ, and I can do all things, and, you know, my relationship's going to be amazing. But if we can't glorify God in our singleness, then how the heck are we going to glorify Him in our marriage? See, we're not ready for marriage just yet, because if we walked into a marriage, there's no way that we would be prepared for where God is te- what God's teaching you right now. We need to glorify God in our singleness, and then we need to learn to glorify Him in our dating, and then we can glorify Him in our marriage. It's, it's a process. So if you were just, so the idea is what I'm trying to communicate to you right now. And again, if you're taking notes, there is something important for God that he is speaking to you right now, that if you just moved on and you were like, no, I just want to be straight up married, that you would miss. There is a blessing in every season and he is actually trying to communicate to you and build you up and grow you and develop you, initiate you. But you need to acknowledge that there's some, something that's intimidating you right now that you can handle. Take down the small before you take down the big. See, if you, and the benefit of this is that if you start trusting God that he's going to actually sustain you in your singleness, then when you're married and you have a problem in your marriage, you know because he sustained you there that he's going to sustain you here. You know that if you can trust God that he's going to use your words and speak through you when you're talking to that one person that's alone, that is doubting, that is hating on you, then you know that he'll use your words and he'll speak through you with influence when you start preaching to hundreds of people. If, you, he, if you, he can trust you to develop and disciple one person, one young kid, then he'll trust and, and learn you and help you to disciple and grow those, that crowd. Come on. So we're going to see Gideon. Yeah, come on. Thanks, guys. So we're going to see Gideon next. And I'm skipping a little bit here. Okay, so we're going to see him after he's laid down the fleece, after he's um, found out that it is God who's calling him, after he's assembled the armies of God, after God has shrunk that down back to 300 people. We're going to find Gideon on the eve of the battlefield. We're going to join him in Judges 7, verse 15 to 22, on the eve of the battle. And we say that when Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed down and worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and he called out, Get up. The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. Dividing the 300 men into three companies, he placed trumpets and empty jars in the hands of all of them with torches inside. Watch me, he told them. Follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. When I and all who are with me blow our trumpets, then from all around the camp blow yours and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. Gideon and the 300 men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just after they had changed the guard. They blew their trumpets. They broke their jars that were in their hands. The three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars. 
Grasping the torches in their left hand and holding in their right hand the trumpets they were to blow, they shouted a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. While each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. When the 300, men, uh, 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their own swords. The army then fled. The army of Midian then fled. Come on, this is amazing because we've seen the process that has happened. We've seen Gideon when he was in the wine press, but now he's been initiated by God and he's recognized that the army is no different to that small idol that he took down those nights ago. See, we've seen him develop and trusting God to the fact where he went from hiding himself to revealing himself. He went from trying to hide from the Midianites to actually revealing himself, breaking the jars, showing the lights and shouting that the battle was already the Lord's. And the best thing about this entire message, actually the idea that has been behind this whole series is that it's not about us, it's about God. You see, actually, the army of Israel never really touched any of the Midianites. They shouted, yes, they declared their faith in God, yes, but at the end of the day, it was God who gave them the victory. It's through God's power that the victory is going to be won, not our own. See, God actually, when he, was, when he knew that, he, that Gideon had the faith in him, he caused the Midianites to turn and attack each other. See, this is amazing because when we learn from this, it's the story of Gideon's initiation. So he's been developed by God to trust him alone. Now, as I said before, this is all about God and it's not about us. We need to remember that. It's all about God and it's not about us. That's when we break what comfort Christianity is. See, the battle that we're all facing is actually going to be won. That is a message that has been preached to the deaf, but it's still true. It's not going to be won by our efforts, though. We, rec- we need to recognize that it's not by our strength. It's not by our ability. It's through God's. See, when he's calling you out, that means that you have to accept that you have a weakness. When he's calling you out, that means you have to accept that at some point you don't have what it takes that it's not going to be all on you, that you can't do it all on your own. And that is a blessing because when you allow for that space, to cre- you create that space for God. See, if you just walked around saying that everything was in your power and your strength, then you've left no space for God to come in and initiate you. So this story is that God is calling each of us to step out of the winepress of comfort and embrace true Christianity. So we need to not buy into the myth that comfort Christianity sustains us because it doesn't. You know, we need to recognize that it matters less when we focus on what eternity looks like. Eternity looks like giving God all the glory, not us, Him. So we need to stop restricting Christianity to our own strengths. We need to stop thinking that the battle is going to be on our strength, in our ease, in our limitations, and we need to start becoming uncomfortable for Christ because that's what Gideon did. Come on. So if you're youth leading on a Friday night, if, if you're one of the giving team on a Sunday night, those being a part of a ministry is amazing, but if that's the only time that you're being a part of the ministry, then there's something you need to step out of because you're operating in your own ease. If you're giving 10%, that's amazing, but if that's the only time that God is seeing generosity, then there's something that he's asking you to surrender. There's something that he's asking um, you to allow him to be a part of. See, we don't want to acknowledge what intimidates us because that means acknowledging that we don't have it all together. But there's an opportunity here. 
Door of Hope, let's be known as a community wherever you're watching. Be known as a true disciple of Christ, one that is willing to sacrifice your own comfort, what is easy for you, your own strength, so that you have to rely on God. Because that's when the outside world starts looking in and they're like, hang on a second, this person's different. I'm sorry, but I don't understand. How are you not operating in your own strength, yet you're still succeeding? Because it's by the grace of God, it's by your faith that God is going to sustain you, that he's going to provide for you, that he has a better plan for you than the one that you've made up in your own head. So we need to step out of the wine press that's, that's our failures and our fears because when we do so, we, we start getting saved and our salvation actually brings God the glory. See, God's called you to enact change by recognizing the sacrifice that is Jesus Christ and the empowerment that comes with the faith in God. We spend so much time distracting ourselves. We're, we're amazing as people at distracting ourselves. We'd win Olympic gold if we could. But when we do so, we fail to allow God to change, we, uh, change us. We, when we don't admit what intimidates us, then we fail to allow God to change and initiate us. So I want everyone, we've got to stop hiding from what's been intimidating you for so long. We need to acknowledge that there is something in your life that is intimidating you right now and surrender that to God. And when you do that, you begin the process of initiation. See, the initiation of God, it looks different for all of us, but we're still called to reveal to the world the light of Jesus. See, your marriage might be struggling. Your sin might be overwhelming. You might be surrounded by worldly comforts, but tonight there is an opportunity to acknowledge that you're struggling, to reach out to God, reach out to others, and to start becoming initiated by him. Because it's not your glory that you're shining. It's not your light that you're shining. It's actually his. There's an amazing verse that I found today. It's, called, it's in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7. And it says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power, it's from God and it's not from us. I think that sums up Christianity so well. It sums up this message so well. Because we are designed to give him glory in our weakness. Our weakness is an opportunity for God to have the glory. And as I invite the team up here, I just want to say that we've got to go, we've got to go start shining the light of Christ, the power of Christ. You see, back in the story of Gideon, he just broke lamps and shined, and shined lights on the enemy. But our light is something far superior. Our light is the grace of Jesus. And tonight, I want you to start listening to what God's calling you out on. I want you to start maybe allowing yourself to be convicted. If there's some habitual sin that you've been in, that's okay. There is a comfort that you've been kind of compromising on, that's okay. If, there's an, if there is something out there that is intimidating you right now, that is perfectly okay. Because do you know what? You know, Gideon was kind of intimidated at the start of the story. We, again, we found him in a wine press. He's literally hiding from everyone. And yeah, he was intimidated, and I actually personally believe that he was still intimidated by the end of the journey. You see, in this message, I'm not trying to say that you have to lose what intimidates you. I'm saying that, in a, in a way, embracing what intimidates you and acknowledging that there is things out there that intimidates you gives you the possibility of, for God to initiate you. So I'm not saying you have to be perfect. I'm not saying that you have to have no um, intimidations whatsoever. That you have to be someone who is just invulnerable to pain and invulnerable to fear because when none of us are. 
But when we acknowledge that our God is bigger than everything, than anything that we could ever face, that he is going to win the battle, not by our hand, but by his, then we allow for him to initiate us. See, anything is possible, yes, but not through our ability. It's by the glory and sacrifice of Jesus Christ that we're able to stand here and still be initiated through our intimidations. So tonight, I'm asking that you, wherever you're at, that you might break that jar that you've been holding over your life. Because when you shine the light of Christ, He shines every area. He doesn't leave anything hidden. He shines every area of our own lives. Pain that we've been hiding, holding on to. Jealousy that we've been holding on to. Fear, intimidation, shame or guilt that we've been holding on to. That we've been intimidated by. And he invites us on a journey where we have to acknowledge that it's through His power, not ours, that we're going to see victory. Come on, it's through His power. Door of Hope, we're not going to be comfortable Christians. We're going to be uncomfortable for Christ. We're going to start rising up. We're going to start walking out of the wine press. There is something small in your life right now that God is asking you to tackle so that He can move you into a plan and a place where you're going to take down bigger giants than you've ever dreamt of. But it won't make a difference because it's through His power and not yours. You know, every single character in this whole series, every person that we've been talking about, they're all special, they're all amazing, but they've all reflected something about God. They've all reflected a faith that God is greater, that Jesus is greater. And so as we go into worship right now, I just invite you to take a second and recognize that what you're going through, yes, it matters. I'm not going to discount that. What you're going through matters. But then when you allow God into your life, when you allow God into your weakness, that's when you start seeing breakthrough. When you say, I'm intimidated, yes, but I'm initiated by Christ. That's when you start seeing the breakthrough. And as we come out of this season of COVID, as we start coming out of lockdown, you know, we're about to come back to church in a few weeks. There are people out there that are also being intimidated and they don't know Christ. And this is an opportunity for God to use you to bring His light into the world, to shine His light into the darkness. So I just believe in you right now, but I believe in God more. And so as every eye is closed, as we can just pray right now, Father God, we are so grateful that it is your power and not ours. Jesus, I just pray for every single person that is listening right now, that you might reveal to them, God, what is intimidating them that you might reveal to them places that they've become comfortable in, God, weaknesses that they've, been, that they've kind of held on to, Jesus. And I just pray that, that we let it go into your hands, Jesus, that we recognize tonight that it's not through our power, it's not through our ability, but it's through yours, God. God, tonight we want to, we're intimidated, yes, Jesus, but we are initiated through you. God, I pray that your initiation just begins right now for some people. In your mighty name, God, we give you all the glory. In your name, amen. Thank you.